Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Geoff Lacey. And I'm M. Sefton-Smith. We're embracing winter. And a touch of magic in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield, I love the square, the hangers, the open air swimming pool, lots of fun shops, then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week we visited Butzer Ancient Farm to find out about winter traditions and festive crafts. We also discover more about the celebrations and ritual of the winter solstice from experimental archaeologist Therese Kearns and discover why Rudolph may have been female. John Walker from the Petersville Post has your latest local news and rain gets naughty in the cold in this week's Wild Walk. We end this week's Peapod with seasonal music. Christmas with you by Yana Bing. Hello, Em. How are you? Hello, Joff. I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Very well. Welcome to the Peapod. Thank you. It's very strange being in front of the microphone rather than (laughs) behind it. Well, yes. Normally, you are our producer, editor, (laughs) brings it all together. You have a hell of a job week in, week out. (laughs) So I'm going to start off by saying thank you for everything you do. You're very welcome. But tell us why you're in front of the mic today. Um, Poor poor Claire is poorly. She is very poorly. Yes. 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 Uh, We're recording this Tuesday morning. We've normally record either on a Saturday or a Sunday. M has got about three hours, four hours to bring this together <laughs> before it's broadcast <laughs> on, uh, on Tuesday the 20th at nine o'clock. <laughs> so, M, how's your Christmas plans? Um, having a pretty quiet Christmas this year. Um, just seeing my dad's side of the family. Um, my mum's side are getting together, but I've decided to take a step back this year and I will see them at other times during the right. year. Right, and I know you're in the panto. Yes. How's that going? Loving it, loving it. Now, uh, you stood in for me last week when I was poor. I had so much fun. <laughs> so, part of it, I have to do an impersonation of Winston Churchill. Yes, in a cork hat for some In reason. a cork hat. <laughs> I've had some feedback that you were better than I was. <laughs> oh, I, I like doing stupid voices and I like... Um, just redoing funny things. John Finnamore does a very funny Winston Churchill sketch, so I learnt it from that. Right, you might have to dub in on the (laughs) stage. (laughs) Sound a bit different to you, (laughs) Josh. I don't know, we're going to go. (laughs) So, um, tell us how long did it take to bring an episode of The Peapod together? Um, It does vary, it it really varies. This week, a lot of it is already pre-edited for me, so I'm anticipating one, maybe two hours. But Um, I believe you had quite a big (laughs) <laughs> show to produce a couple of weeks ago when we had the small business fair. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a long one. Um, <laughs> not helped by the fact that my Wi-Fi kind of broke and it took an hour Ouch. to download. So I sat down to edit at 12 and I didn't get to start till 1, <laughs> um, which I think was why I was a little bit nose to the wire. So learn that lesson, download the night before. <laughs> and what are your plans for 2023? Um, hopefully... I'm still trying um, getting a job in radio because I love this thing. It's great. Um, it's yeah. We have so much respect for what you do behind <laughs> the scenes. As I, say, I look at it now, I when I edit my chat with John, I use a phone and it's on one track. Yeah. Sometimes you've got two or three tracks. Several. I think I normally I use five or six. Wow. Yeah, that. Was, it's easier. Yeah. It, I genuinely find it easier. <laughs> that would scare me. <laughs> so um, thank you very much for stepping in. You're very Enjoy welcome. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Enjoy editing. 
and a happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas, Joss. Claire and I are taking a break over the Christmas holidays, so to keep you company, we'll share some of our Peapod 2022 highlights over the next few weeks. And while January is looking Peapod busy already, we would love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please call or WhatsApp us on 01730 or send an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we find out more about the winter magical adventure at Butts Ancient Farm. But first, here's Joff with John Walker and your latest local news. Shine Radio! Merry Christmas, Petersfield! Shine Radio! Hello, John. Happy Christmas. How are you? As Mick Lynch says, Christmas doesn't start till Christmas Eve, Joff. Thank you. Actually, I haven't actually started my, my uh, shopping yet because I'm on holiday this week, so uh, plenty of time. Is that what you're thinking? So I have pictures of empty freezer cabinets <laughs> across the county. So I, I, if I was you, Joff, you're going to spend the whole of next week trying to get your brandy butter and a turkey. Or you're having beef, aren't you? Beef, yes. So, John, what's caught your eye over the last seven days? Well, uh, there's been some interesting road calming and traffic developments. Positive news on Durford Road? Oh, Durford Road, bless you. No, 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 no. Sussex Road is the new priority, Geoff. Weren't you aware of that? That one slipped me by, John. Tell me more. Well, our local county councillor, uh, Russell Oppenheimer, when he was the head of traffic operations, or highway operations for Hampshire County Council, and was being pressured to get something done for um, Durford Road, decided instead to draw plans up for Sussex Road. Um... So that seems to be going ahead. Traffic calming and slow the traffic down along Sussex Road. Very dangerous. Isn't there more issues that the road's not wide enough to have get two cars and park cars along it? Joff, that sort of common sense <laughs> just can't be applied here. As you know, no doubt you are aware that common sense is not a thing. I mean, to the layman such as you and I, yes, that would be the problem. I mean, when you go down there and they park both sides of the road and people can't drive up what's left of the road, you would think to yourself in a commonsensical kind of way, the problem is the two parking on both sides of the road. That's what you'd think, Joff. But no, that is not the problem at all. Yellow lines along one side of Sussex Road would not solve the problem. Let's move on, John. What else has happened in your world? Blimey, Joff. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> in my world? <laughs> well, there was, uh, as we know, coronavirus is on the up again. The infection rate is going up, and um, that's causing a few issues, I think, in terms of people working or not working, or uh, it's the Christmas, you know, everybody's getting together, people are mingling, and the cold weather, and the fact they say that, um, well, we've had two or three years of isolation or not being so social, our immune systems are lower than they were. So it's going to be a, perhaps a COVID Christmas, Joff, but it's certainly on the rise in East Hampshire. Brilliant. And what plans do you have for Christmas, John? Well... Although I said earlier that Christmas doesn't start at Christmas Eve, actually last night we went out and watched the Christmas tractor run through the town. A fantastic thing, 30 tractors all decked out with Christmas lights and Santa Clauses and um, lit up reindeer driving through Petersfield. They went round to um, Bereton, Harting, Rogate, Liss, well, Hillbrow, uh, before returning to Petersfield where they circled through the square. And I think they were they were raising for money for the uh, Hampshire Air Ambulance. But I think also it was good to just remind people that Petersfield is actually 
or was founded as a rural town. We are a country town. And with the influx of people from cities, um, perhaps we tend to forget that Petersfield is a rural town and East Hampshire is a rural... Sorry, Hampshire is a rural county. I think it's um, sixth or seventh in the list of counties that are the most rural. And with our railway commuter connection to London here, I think we tend to... Well, that facet of life tends to get sidetracked, you know, and we forget. When you see it every summer, people complaining because they can smell the fertiliser being spread on the fields around the town. You know, and I think we do tend to forget that we are a rural community. We were founded as a farming town, and it was great to see the festive tractors and all that that goes with it, Christmas and everything. It was brilliant. But I thought it was a reminder of where we came from as a town and the fact that we should consider ourselves a, a country town. I thought it was a, a, a brilliant gesture. I think that's, that's a great story to finish on. John, thank you so much for meeting up with me every Sunday to discuss all that's going on in Petersfield. I look forward to 2023 when we'll do more of the same. Yeah, well, let's, let's have one thing clear, Geoff. The actual chat is irrelevant. It's the, the Guinness that's important. It's a good excuse to go to the pub every Sunday. Potentially. Happy Christmas, John, and have a great new year. Well, and a happy Christmas to you, Geoff, and to everybody who listens to Shine Radio or reads The Post, or does both, which is very, very good in my eyes. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. The Petersall Post is out every Wednesday and now costs £1.20, so please get one with Weekly Shop or subscribe to the digital version. Butzer Ancient Farm is hosting their first ever winter magical adventure this year, offering an alternative Christmas experience at this unique experimental archaeological site. I met with events coordinator Kristen Devy, who has helped bring a hint of magic and a taste of the old into the winter celebrations. Hello Kristen, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Welcome. It's a cold morning. It's a beautiful morning, it is though. We're, we're overlooking Butts and the Downs, and we can see smoke billowing. From the roundhouses. Around the roundhouses. What a lovely place to work. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> it's all so, right. how long have you been here? So, I've been at Butser for three months now, so I'm quite shiny new. Um, but I came to bring together all of the events so we can make the most out of this beautiful landscape and bring it to more people across across the year. So do you come from an archaeology background? I'm not, I'm afraid. I, but what's amazing about that is that every day here is a school day because there's so many marvellous, smart people to learn from. But I come from a bit of a marketing background. Right. So uh, I'm here kind of to work out what which audiences we can bring the wonderful stuff that Butzer has to offer to. Brilliant. So... We're here because it's a winter magical adventure. Tell us more about that. All right, so we don't normally open the farm in the winter weekends to the public. So we saw it as a really good opportunity. We normally open at the weekends from April to October, obviously all, every half term, all through the summer holidays. But this time of year at the weekends, Butzer doesn't tend to be open. And what we wanted to do is uh, allow more people around the local area to experience the wonder of Butzer this time of year. And we thought a brilliant way to do that was to be to talk about the folklore of winter and look at some of the ancient traditions of how our peoples might have celebrated during the, uh, the solstice. And... What a weekend to be open. We've had got frost on the ground. Mm. It couldn't feel even more like Christmas than oh, it does. Well, I ordered this in specially. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, it's been, it's been absolutely gorgeous. When the, when the frost is on the, the top of the roundhouses and then the sun comes over the hill, oh. it just makes quite a magical well, outside. But it's are, the yeah. inside of the houses that are the magic, oh. 
really starts to happen. I, I do like a fire, so I, look, look, <laughs> I might just have to go around and just, just stand there, there for five minutes, just to, so I can smell for the rest of the day. Oh, we love that smell. We all go home smelling <laughs> that lovely wood smoke. But um, yeah, you can imagine our ancestors back in the day, fire would have been so important for them, huddling around together, yes. telling stories, making things together and sharing things around the fire. You can imagine how much the fire would have been a central oh, focus for everyone yeah. back, in, back in the day. So what do we have going on here? So families are here... Um, on a magical trail to help the Deer Queen and the Holly King uh, on their quest in winter. So we've introduced a, a, a Deer Queen, which is not necessarily a traditional way to, no. to celebrate the midwinter. But um, what we thought was quite important when we started looking at how we might celebrate and what characters we might bring to life here here at the farm was um, looking at how the ancients might, might have celebrated. And we know that the, the, the deer was revered by ancients all throughout Northern Europe. We find her in cave paintings, tattooed on skin. The deer was quite a sacred symbolism for, for ancient people. And we also know, and science, science tells us, that um, only female reindeers keep their antlers at winter. Wow. Wow. So the deers, the male deers lose their antlers after rutting season in the autumn. So, and then the females keep their antlers ready to protect their calves in the spring. So, mind blown, Rudolph and his, and his, her, yes. gang, were probably female. Wow. As you say, <laughs> every day is a school day. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, that, that's amazing. And, um. So the Deer Queen, tell yeah. us more about her. Well, so she is here. And the other thing we know is that in ancient cultures, um, the winter solstice was a very important time of year. Which is coming up this week. Which is coming up. It's this Wednesday, the 21st, and it's the longest night and the shortest day. And that's, uh, we know it's important. And our lovely archaeologists can tell you all about that <laughs> because of the way things like Stonehenge are arranged against the, against the, the solstice sunrise. And that, at that point, the sun is reborn because the sun, the, the days start to get longer. And so in our, in our winter magical adventure, we wanted a female deer queen to bring back the light. So the idea is our visitors will go to the, the Horton House, our lovely Stone Age, our Neolithic house that we think was dated for about 3,800, 3,600 BC, so it's old and beautiful. And in there, she's going to be um, welcoming our guests and then inviting them to make a special craft to bring back the light, to summon back the light, so we can hope for warmer and sunnier days after the solstice. So that's stop one. And then going through time, obviously the trail goes through into the Iron Age, just like Butzer does through time. We go on to the Iron Age next in the trail. And in the Iron Age, there's the realm of wishes. So in there, we're inviting people to write a wish for our our winter wishing tree, right? anything they may wish for, for themselves, the world, their family, their friends, and all those wishes, they're beautiful. If you go around, have a little read of all those lovely, of those lovely wishes. Um, and on the solstice, we'll be burning that tree and all those wishes to put them into the world and into the atmosphere and, and help make those wishes come true. And it's, it's quite a long trail. What else can people do? Mm. So in there, there's also some lovely crafts. We've got some braiding going on in there, a bit of colouring. Um, and then... As the timeline of Butzer continues, people continue around onto the, the Romans. So you'll hear in the Iron Age, our, our team saying that the, the noisy neighbours <laughs> had a dreadfully loud party last night. And we know that the Romans celebrated something called Saturnalia. Uh, and that was actually today. It was on the 17th. So today is Io Saturnalia. We would, we would, as Romans, we'd have celebrated today. And what would have happened is that... Um, Everything would have gone topsy-turvy. So the masters would be slaves and the slaves would be masters. And there'd be parties and gift-giving and, and merriment and raucous, raucous behaviour. 
and all that kind of good stuff that the Romans enjoyed. So in the villa, we can see the remnants of a very wild Saturnalia party. <laughs> and the Romans are still sleeping. So the right. children are encouraged. They mustn't wake the Romans <laughs> up. Um, and then the trail continues. Throughout the trail, the children are sort of reading about the folklore of winter and different things about holly and ivy and all the, the sort of symbolism and yule logs and things that matter to us. And they're, gonna, they're gathering a magical word. And at the end of the trail, they're looking for the holly king. Uh, now, the Holly King is uh, part of, of, of folklore as well, slightly less ancient, uh, but it's certainly part of more modern folklore. And it's talked about the Holly King that there's, there's two brothers, there's the Holly King and the Oak King. And the Oak King reigns throughout the summer months and the Holly King reigns throughout the winter months. And they go through this endless battle of power, power struggle <laughs> between sunlight and darkness, sun and moon and all those kind of things that we know as the world turns. It's just the natural cycle yes. of life. So at the moment, the Holly King is reigning supreme uh, and he needs a magical word to help him keep his strength and keep winter here a bit longer so he can carry on having the marvellous fun that he's having in winter before he passes over probably quite in a quite a, a sympathetic way to his his younger brother the oak king when uh, when spring arrives it's it's it sounds fantastic and what's the, what's the reception been like it's been amazing it's been it's obviously a new event so there was a lot of wanting people to know that this was going on because people didn't necessarily expect butzer to be open but as the weekends have, have gone on and, and more and more people have obviously talked about the time they've had here it's just got busier and busier and busier and we're looking fully booked nearly for tomorrow so it's oh, been brilliant a fabulous time because obviously Butts is a, a not-for-profit community interest company. All our money is for research and ed education and it's it's a massive opportunity for Butser to be able to bring more to the local communities and a brilliant opportunity to bring people together here to escape the rush and to escape the, the what can be a slightly chaotic part of Christmas and just come here, be in nature, breathe in the, the lovely air here and, and rediscover the ancient folklore. It sounds like you're having lots of fun in your new role here. What plans do you have for 2023? Oh, we've got lots of exciting plans for 2023. So we obviously have all of our big our big festivals, our Equinox festivals, our Beltane festival at the end of April. Uh, but what we want to do is bring more events to different audiences. So we've got a lot of events programmes coming up for, for families. There'll be more that we'll be doing directed at families. Um, we're also doing some fun things, like in January we're going to be wassailing. So... Uh, well, sailing is a slightly less ancient, but a lovely tradition where people would sing to the orchards to bless the trees and make the apples grow. And right in front of us, you'll see we've got a very big orchard of four apple trees <laughs> uh, that are very much in need of some, some love and some singing. So on the 20th of January, people will be coming for a torchlit procession to sing and dance and make a hullabaloo and bless the trees and all that kind of stuff. And we're looking at a lot more... Uh, we'd love to bring a few more music events and, and concerts so people can experience the farm in different ways. Yeah, but it looks like a perfect setting for open-air theatre, that type of thing. Exactly that. We've got a lot of plans around poetry. Beowulf bins mentioned a few times. So I think theatre is also something... These, this space is such an incredible space. There's so many ways we can do it. We have our... Our storytellings that we do anyway, that are very, very, very popular. We're going to be doing more storytellings with new storytellers as well. Uh, but that space can be used in a different way for music, for theatre, for different kinds of performances. So watch this space. Well, Kristen, it sounds like you've got a full-on year ahead of you. Mm. Good luck. Thank you very much for inviting us along. It does look fantastic. It's a, it's a lovely setting. I'm getting the smell of smoke in my nose, which is which is really helping. But uh, there's some lovely mulled cider scents in the shop as you exit. If you're uh, right, might, one might need to uh, pop need into a, there. Yeah, <laughs> help yourself. <laughs> Thank you very much, and good luck in everything that you do. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.
Susie goes for her last wild walk of the year in Durford Wood, but rain gets naughty in the cold. This is the last wild walk of 2022. Um, I saw a really funny cartoon just now, which is a whole load of people hiding behind um, a wall, around a corner of a wall, and poking a long broom handle to a door marked 2023. Come on! And I know exactly how that feels, as I imagine we all do. But on days like this, it's absolutely wonderful. And I thought I'd do a kind of slow radio, because I just have the one dog at the moment, as it's a canine partner school day. Um, oh, good girl. Uh, as you can hear, very frosted leaves, so they're very cornflake-like. And I'm just going to let it unfold as a form of slow radio. Uh, so this is, as I say, the, the last of this year. Then um, I'm going to do a, a best wild walk of the year and just have a bit of a break. And I'm even wondering, because I'm sure by now you're absolutely sick to death of my weekly musings to self. So I'm thinking of going monthly. And actually, because, you know, now that we can, we're going much more wider spread walks. So I could actually do perhaps more entertaining walks in different places rather than here we are as we are today in Durford Wood again. But anyway, I'll, I'll intersperse this. I'm trying to just let it unfold because um, the whole joy of these binaural things, um, microphones are in each ear. So I'm hoping that you'll pick up exactly the same noises as I do, but of course I never know when they're going to occur and when I've tried just switching off and on again I seem to miss anything interesting so um oh that's lovely I don't know if you can hear that but those are squirrels scampering in the leaves and rain has stopped dead you can't get in there because there's just a fence between us and they think they're rather laughing at her no it's good Actually, she knows. She's just sort of giving him a hard stare. But anyway, I'll proceed till I think it's engaging again. I look up and I can just see the very distant downs that are covered in, I suppose, sort of... We might even have had snow there. But certainly I've got frost on the ground here, but I think there's been a smattering of snow. And the only downside to this is that my fingertips are absolutely frozen. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop this just for a second, put my gloves on, and then proceed because otherwise you'll just have me panting uphill. Wait for me. So the only trouble is with cold weather like this is that everything is utterly silent. Uh, well, you can hear me trudging through leaves, of course. Um, but anyway, I got to thinking because I've only got rain and she's so good and obedient and lovely. So I find I, I live in my head quite a lot. And I was thinking then about the traditions of Christmas and how so much has shifted in our lives. There's still things like people being desperate that they can't have turkey possibly this year, which always strikes me as very odd as I can't stand it. But Covid broke some of the traditions. I was with 
a group of new people last night who I'll be working with in the new year. And um, and we all said, you know, that you, you get set in your ways. But COVID broke all that and you could actually think to yourself, well, actually, this would be a better way of doing things or more relaxed or whatever. And particularly, I mean, this doesn't affect me either, but those people who still had young children were just so happy to just be able to say, do you know what, let's do everything ahead of Christmas, but then on the day itself, just be the family, by which, you know, the tightest possible family. And I can completely understand that, and I think possibly it's because I'm an only child with a single mother, that I was so glad that we could go up to my aunt's and all the family would be there, but then we all lived in Portsmouth. Pretty much so. That was all good. That was me. Oh, Rain, did you see that? I nearly measured my length on that stick. That's so funny, isn't it? I wish you could see her. She always prances. I know it was jolly funny. Rain. Then she grabs my cuff and wants to make up with it. But anyway, we would all sort of gather at Patty's, my aunt, for Christmas. And it was the one day of the year where my uncle could be deduced. Did you? Rain, you're putting me off with that stick. Look at you, you silly sausage. You monkey. Right, Rain, let go, let go, I'll throw it. Ready, go! She's been particularly hopeless today. Is it because it's cold? Look, it's over there. Go seek. It's behind you. It's behind you. It's panto season. That's so funny. I'm going to have to throw another. Ready? Oh, good. Yes, you found that. (laughs) Idiot dog. She's not even particularly fond of sticks. It's as though if I trip, I have to be distracted from crying or something if I'm a toddler. Right, come along. Well, if nothing exciting happens between now and getting back to the car, I will wish you all a very very happy Christmas and how many years have I been writing on cards let's hope that fill in whatever the next new year is will be better than this one um, there you go it's got to be rain hasn't it actually I think what I might do is instead of doing a best of because you know after all they're all drivel um I think instead of a best of Wild Walk, I shall do a replay of whichever one I started the year with last year because um, that would be quite interesting to juxtapose where we are now with where they are then. And I honestly have no idea. I can't remember. But let's see. And if I don't before and you come up to the Queen's Head on Christmas morning... Um, I salute you and will raise a glass to you all and thank you for being there with me on these walks for the last year. Coming up, experimental archaeologist Therese Kearns talks about traditions in the Neolithic house. But first, Shine Radio's Joe Gray meets the Deer Queen. So this is Joe for Shine Radio and we have just met the Holy King. Oh, right. And he told us about your good self you're the dear queen can you tell me who you are so i am the personification of the dear queen and 
The Deer Queen has been found, there's archaeological evidence um, of her depiction in places in Scandinavia and in Siberian cultures where those northern tribes um, respected and, and needed the reindeer to help them and so they worshipped a, a sort of personification of that and that is how the Deer Queen came about. But actually even here in Britain with our Celtic culture and Celtic heritage, we um, also have archaeological evidence to show depictions of a Deer Queen. So it just goes to show that no matter where you are in the world, your ancestors understood nature, um, they understood the cycles of nature and they had personifications of those energies of nature. And would that be like a thank you and a recognition as to how important deer, for example, are to both the environment and and to their sort of culture? Oh yes, exactly. So um, especially the reindeer, they are um, they help their tribes with obviously their travel across those snowy, icy lands. Uh, but they do also help with sustenance. So obviously the milk from the reindeer, but also meat and their um, their skins are used for warmth, of course. So it's important to recognise that our ancestors, they did respect nature and they used only what they needed to survive. They weren't greedy. And they also used all of the, the animal. So yes, the animal was there to help when it was alive with the travel, but also it helped with the sustenance to keep the tribe alive as well. And it's important to recognise that. And you look absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's almost like a snow queen, yeah. but obviously in deer form. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanted to create an outfit that sort of encompassed the fact that it is winter. So I do have a very um, sparkly, sequiny dress. Um, and that is to represent sort of that snowy, icy time, which actually today is a very frosty day, but the sun is out. And then I've got a nice first stole on, which uh, is actually really warm. <laughs> and then my headdress, uh, obviously, we, I've got some antlers. Um, and it's important to recognise as well that actually the female deer, they keep their antlers over the winter time because it's actually the male deer that lose their antlers during the autumn when they do their rut, which is the where they fight, basically, to see who's going to be king of the herd. The female deer, they actually keep their antlers and then in the springtime when they have their little baby fawns, they can use them to protect their little babies. I also have in my headdress, I've got flowers to represent the winter time. So I've got um, these little winter Christmas roses. Uh, but I also have a bright yellow flower in the centre of my headdress and that is to represent the sun because as part of my role as the deer queen, I am wanting to help bring back the warmth of the sun to the earth and bring back springtime. But with respect to the fact that at the moment, being the coldest, frostiest, wintry times, the Holly King is in his reign at the moment. So it's all about we work together, we respect each other. And uh, with all the activities that we're doing with everyone today and the weekends that we're here, uh, we are helping them to understand all this heritage and nature and we want them to help bring back spring. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere?
There will be carols on the green in Sheet on Thursday the 22nd of December. Meet at 6.30pm at the Half Moon to move to the tree for 7pm. Bring goodwill, a hearty voice and a torch. Mulled wine and pies will be available after. Tickets are now available to purchase for Robin Hood. This year's Petersville Panto, postponed from 2021 and 2022, the Winton players are back with a colourful story, punctuated with songs, silly jokes and slapstick humour. The Panto runs from January the 13th until the 21st and tickets can be purchased online or in person from One Tree Books or from the Town Visitor Centre at the Peatsville Town Hall. If you missed Doorstep Carols or enjoyed it so much you'd like to do it again, tune in to shineradio.uk on Christmas Eve at 6pm where Kieran and Vicky will present this seasonal sing-along with the radio. There will be an afternoon of Christmas at the Musicals on Wednesday the 28th of December from 3pm at the Half Moon in Sheep. This musical theatre performance with a festive twist is presented by Seacats and Entertainment Events. Tickets are £10 each. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen to Cows in the Courtyard with the Alder Valley Brass Band. This special Christmas programme includes many favourite traditional carols, sung by members of the public and recorded at the Petersville Museum. To listen to Carols in the Courtyard and other programmes, go to shineradio.uk, bringing you also a brighter mix of great music, local news and information. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. Hello, I'm Claire Venice for Petersfield's Shine Radio. There's always something exciting happening at Butzer Ancient Farm, and no more so than right now during the winter. I'm here with experimental archaeologist Therese Cairns, and we're stood outside in this gorgeous December morning. Hello, Therese, how are you? Hi, Claire, I'm very well, and welcome to Butzer Ancient Farm. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to come here. <laughs> always very exciting to walk in and see that gorgeous view as you come through the gates. Indeed, you've picked an incredible morning with the sun shining. We're standing here in our Neolithic house and the light is doing wonderful things. So yeah, it's a perfect day for it. Can you explain a bit more about what an experimental archaeologist does here, please? Uh, certainly. Well, I'm thrilled to be the experimental archaeologist here and we've been an experimental archaeology site for 50 years. So we're celebrating the 50th year of the project. And what we do is very much explore the archaeological record in a very unique way. So what we try to do as experimental archaeologists is to test hypotheses, test theories, and to figure out, in essence, how things might have worked and how things might have looked in the past. So here at Butter we do lots of different things. We uh, A lot of our focus is on buildings and we're standing in one of our experimental buildings. So what we do is we look at the archaeological record and we make interpretations. Often for the building side of things we're working from a ground plan. So we're just looking at post holes for example and then we're trying to extrapolate and make the best guess about what a building might have looked like. So we look at things like what materials would have been available, what technologies would have been available in different time periods and we come up with uh, different interpretations. Yeah, you mentioned we're in the Neolithic house. It's quite spectacular. And this is one of the newest, <laughs> if I should use the word new, <laughs> buildings here on the it site, is, isn't it? It is. Well, it's the oldest in terms of uh, the Neolithic is the earliest period that we represent here at the farm to date. Um, but it was completed in 2019, I think a little bit before I started. And it's based on archaeology, which was excavated at a place called Horton, a quarry over in Berkshire, quite close to Heathrow Airport. And it's a very special building. As you can see, it's it's a large structure. Um, 
The excavation remains were quite intriguing because it was evidently a large structure, but with very few post holes. So one of the challenges that we had working with Wessex Archaeology, our colleagues who excavated the site, was to try to figure out how on earth a structure of this size would stand up with that little structural evidence, if you like. That must be quite fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was a real challenge. And again, we had this wonderful collaboration. So we um, considered several different kind of uh, possibilities. And in the end, we came up with this gigantic A-frame structure. So the whole structure is sitting on this A-frame and you can see there's very little walling. So we have one wall uh, on one side, which is composed of oak planks um, and the other one off wattle and daub. But otherwise, the roof is the wall. So we're also sitting under a standing under um, about four tonnes of thatch. So quite quite an extraordinary and elaborate structure. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a building. There's a lovely smell of smoke in the air as well. This building gets used quite frequently, does it? It does. We uh, really are fond of lighting fires and making these buildings come to life in as much as they can. So obviously we don't live in them um, as Neolithic people would have in, in this case, but we are very keen that it's not just about experimental archaeology, it's often about experiential archaeology as well, so that you do get that feeling when you walk in you can feel the odd draft but you can also smell the fire you can experience the smoke and that does different things depending on the time of day and at night it's a really wonderful place because you begin to think about lighting for example so this is an incredibly dark building but depending on the size of your fire and the type of wood that you're using and how well seasoned it is it all makes the building do different things which is really quite exciting and you can see even now we have on one end we've experimented with a window, a possible Neolithic window. There is no evidence for this, I should point out. But here we've used an oiled skin. And even that does wonderful things. When the sun shines through it, it creates an incredible atmosphere. Yes, I suppose like a sort of natural stained glass window. Yeah, exactly that. (laughs) Exactly that. You can see it, some some lovely shades of yellow. And here above us, you can just see some of the tools that were used to uh, build the structure. So you can see a whole range of um, flint axes, which were used to work the timbers. And you can see it's, it's a really impressive structure and, and makes you think about the amount of materials that were involved, but also the amount of labour, so the people power involved. And that's really, really important when we think about the Neolithic and especially at this time of year when we're thinking about the solstice. So we're very excited that uh, next week we approach the solstice and there's lots of really intriguing archaeological evidence to show us that how important this time of year was to people in the Neolithic. And of course, at the Neolithic period, we're thinking about early farmers, so people who are very in tune with the annual cycle and certainly that solar cycle. So how do you celebrate the winter solstice here at the farm? Well, we'll be doing a couple of things. Over the last few weekends, we have been running wonderful kind of Christmas-themed events uh, which have featured our wonderful dear Queen and Holly King. And next week for the solstice, we'll also be erecting a standing stone, a little standing stone. So earlier this year in the summer, uh, we had a fantastic experimental project where we moved a 3.5 tonne stone. So quite broadly similar to the blue stones of Stonehenge, that kind of size. And we moved ours 30 metres and then got it in an upright position. And it was a really fun project because we had 30 members of the crew of uh, HMS Queen Elizabeth join us for the adventure. And we'd never done anything like it before, so it was really quite exciting. So that stone is now pride of place, uh, marking our 50th anniversary. But what we're going to do um, on the 21st this year 
is put a second little stone which will align to the sunrise on the winter solstice. So that's quite exciting. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. So I suppose echoing a bit of what Stonehenge does as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, Stonehenge actually aligns to both the midwinter and midsummer, of course. And in the midwinter solstice, the arrangement of the stones captures the setting sun in that midwinter, which would have marked the passing of one year in one way, but also looked forward to the next year. So it's the shortest day of the year. But in being the shortest day of the year, it's looking forward to the new year beginning and the sun continuing that cycle. Again, really important for early farmers. And there's also evidence, for example, very near to Stonehenge at Durrington Walls of massive feasting episodes. And they're thought to be associated with the midwinter sun rather than the midsummer sun. So again, a time of celebration, a time of reflection, I'm sure, and a time of looking forward. Um, And you also have one of my favourite Neolithic sites is actually in Ireland. So it's a Newgrange passage tomb. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's an incredible site. And it's in a complex of passage graves called Brunaboigne and Newgrange is probably the most famous one and it's extraordinary because it's a passage grave so you walk down about 60 foot it's a it's an earth mound with a 60 foot passage with a slight cruciform shape at the very end of it and on the shortest day of the year so when you have the least sun the sun is captured in a roof box at the top of the entrance and shines down a slightly S-shaped passage at sunrise and illuminates this incredible chamber inside, which is decorated with spirals and all sorts of geometric patterns. And there was evidence of when this was built and used that the um, human remains were found inside, so it was very much a burial place, but a burial place that had massive significance and clearly the solstice was so important and had some connection with the ancestors. And we also get this connection at Stonehenge. So again, a really incredibly important time of year for people. And that's really exciting that you're bringing a bit of that here to Butts Ancient Farm as well. Yeah, which we, we definitely try to. And it's not just the Neolithic, of course, we have a lot of other periods represented, but I think for everybody, Stonehenge is a big kind of Neolithic structure in this country associated with uh, the midwinter solstice. Lots of other monuments as well. We have so many stone alignments and wood alignments. So Woodhenge, not far from Stonehenge, also had similar alignments that uh, nodded to both the midsummer and midwinter solstices. So lots Lots of connections going on, definite evidence that the Neolithic people were very in tune and connected with that solar cycle. Therese, I've learned so much from you. (laughs) Thank you very much for telling us a bit more about what goes on here at the site and look forward to the winter solstice. Yes, we can't wait and do come back and see us soon. And so we come to the end of this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests, Chris and Debbie, the Deer Queen, Therese Cairns, Joe Gray, John Walker, Susie Wilde, our amazing editor, <laughs> and my co-presenter this week, M. Sefton-Smith, and to all the Shine Radio team. We end this week's Peapod with a seasonal song, Christmas With You, from Yana Bing. So from M and I this week, bye! I can hear the candy canes laughing they're wishing you a Merry Christmas I can see the snowman smiling about that carrot noses I see Rudolph drinking whiskey with no Santa's back is turned He eats another cookie well it is well Santa's coming to town You've got all I need
Could you be the welcoming face of a famous Petersfield hotel, bar and coffee bar? The Old Drum is now recruiting front of house staff to work in its historic Chapel Street premises. If you're experienced in hotel, bar or cafe work or the hospitality industry, then the Old Drum can offer you mixed shifts with sociable hours and no late nights. You'll need to be responsible and reliable. Pay is competitive. You'll be trained in barista work. And there's a choice of full or half-time roles starting in January. Contact Maria at The Old Drum for more information or send your CV to info at theolddrum.com. 